Noon had just struck. The school door opened and the youngsters darted out, jostling each other in their haste to get out quickly. But instead of promptly dispersing and going home to dinner as usual, they stopped a few paces off, broke up into knots, and began whispering. The fact was that that morning Simon, the son of La Blanchotte, had, for the first time, attended school. They had all of them in their families heard talk of La Blanchotte, and although in public she was welcome enough, the mothers among themselves treated her with a somewhat disdainful compassion which the children had imitated without in the least knowing why. As for Simon himself, they did not know him, for he never went out, and did not run about with them in the streets of the village or along the banks of the river, and they did not care for him. So it was with a certain delight, mingled with considerable astonishment, that they met and repeated to each other what had been said by a lad of fourteen or fifteen who appeared to know all about it, so sagaciously did he wink. You know, Simon, well, he has no papa. Just then La Blanchotte's son appeared in the doorway of the school. He was seven or eight years old, rather pale, very neat, with a timid and almost awkward manner. He was starting home to his mother's house when the groups of his schoolmates, whispering and watching him, with the mischievous and heartless eyes of children bent upon playing a nasty trick, gradually closed in around him and ended by surrounding him altogether. There he stood in their midst, surprised and embarrassed, not understanding what they were going to do with him. But the lad who had brought the news, puffed up with the success he had met with already, demanded, "'What is your name, you?' He answered, "'Simon.' "'Simon what?' retorted the other. The child, altogether bewildered, repeated, "'Simon.' The lad shouted at him, "'One is named Simon something. That is not a name. Simon, indeed.' The child, on the brink of tears, replied for the third time, "'My name is Simon.' The urchins began to laugh. The triumphant tormentor cried, "'You can see plainly that he has no papa.' A deep silence ensued. The children were dumbfounded by this extraordinary, impossible, monstrous thing, a boy who had not a papa. They looked upon him as a phenomenon, an unnatural being, and they felt that hitherto inexplicable contempt of their mothers for La Blanchotte growing upon them. As for Simon, he had leaned against a tree to avoid falling, and he remained as if prostrated by an irreparable disaster. He sought to explain, but could think of nothing to say to refute this horrible charge that he had no papa. At last he shouted at them quite recklessly, "'Yes, I have one.' "'Where is he?' demanded the boy." Simon was silent. He did not know. The children roared, tremendously excited, and those country boys, little more than animals, experienced that cruel craving which prompts the fowls of a farmyard to destroy one of their number as soon as it is wounded. Simon suddenly espied a little neighbor, the son of a widow, whom he had seen, as he himself was to be seen, always alone with his mother. "'And no more have you,' he said. "'No more have you a papa.' Yes, replied the other, I have one. Where is he? rejoined Simon. He is dead, declared the brat with superb dignity. He is in the cemetery, is my papa. A murmur of approval rose among the little wretches, 
as if this fact of possessing a papa dead in a cemetery had caused their comrade to grow big enough to crush the other one who had no papa at all. And these boys, whose fathers were for the most part bad men, drunkards, thieves, and who beat their wives, jostled each other to press closer and closer, as though they, the legitimate ones, would smother by their pressure one who was illegitimate. The boy who chanced to be next Simon suddenly put his tongue out at him with a mocking air and shouted at him, No papa! No papa! Simon seized him by the hair with both hands and set to work to disable his legs with kicks while he bit his cheek ferociously. A tremendous struggle ensued between the two combatants, and Simon found himself beaten, torn, bruised, rolled on the ground in the midst of the ring of applauding schoolboys. 